Hey, yo, what it do with your boy, Rue, and I got a message for you. We here at Sofrito Speaks want to work for you. Yes, you heard me. I need another job. If you own a business, are an entrepreneur, or just simply want to get a message across, hit us up. We currently have an amazing promo package going on where you, yes, you, can buy ad space in the next episode. What? How? How much? Our prices range from $20 to $50. We create the ad for you, and you enjoy the benefits. Our main goal is to help out small businesses in our area. If this is something you're interested in, slide in our DMs or email us at sofritospeaks at gmail.com and let us know you want us to work for you. What it is, mi gente, it's your girl Nina Montañez, and welcome back for your second serving. You can catch this every Thursday, bringing y'all your favorite Caldero Talk. Caldero Talk is the part of the show where we will introduce to you any guests, bring up our deep topic, and everyone chimes in to dissect and discuss, followed by Reposar. Reposar is how we will close out the episode, leaving you all with some positive affirmations, shoutouts, and any announcements that need to be made. With that being said, mi gente, let's begin. Caldero Talk. What's going on? Welcome to serving two of this week's topic. And we are going to go into what it's like to be the black sheep and family dynamics that like work around being just different. And Sam can speak to the majority of this, which is kind of cool. Because like, why would I have someone on that can't fucking speak to something, right? Makes sense. My co-host, Sam. (laughs) (laughs) Um. First, I'm gonna, I want to ask a couple of questions back and forth before we get too, too, mm-hmm. too in-depth. That's how that works. Do you consider yourself a black sheep in your family? I would, yes. What is the main reason? Um, I think that I was always the one that went against... The grain? The grain, yeah. Like, I was constantly, like, pushing the boundaries. And I think that's why my mom had a tighter leash on me, because I think she thought that I was going to go a different route. So she was trying to keep me on a, the, the narrow path. Um, but... I mean, it worked out, but I just, there was always, I always felt like there was something more for me to be doing, and I felt it at a very, very young age. So, I mean. Something more as in, like, creativity-wise, or just, like, actually just doing things? I think, like, in general. Like, when I look at my siblings and I, and, like, what I've done, it's, I'm, I guess one would say I'm a very selfless person in what I go about, or, I mean... I can't, I can't even really speak to creativity-wise because all of my siblings, like, sing. Like, most people know that I do sing, mm-hmm. but we can all sing. Like, my older sister's fire. I'm going to give her all that. My older brother was a phenomenal singer as well. And then, y'all, Jerrica don't want to let one... doesn't want y'all to know this, but she can carry a motherfucking tune. <laughs> Sorry, Rick, I just threw you under the bus. I'm going to remember that. <laughs> but yeah, no, she can carry a tune. But I think I'm the one that was most comfortable with being in the spotlight in a sense okay in terms of like that creativity i'm also like more artistic than my siblings you just trash on your siblings right now no no, no i see <laughs> i don't even really like them like every time my no, brother doesn't no. count because like he doesn't count okay um, but anyways but yeah so like what about you um, wait do you have you don't do you have siblings sort of okay. if that makes sense mm-hmm. um i grew up an only child 
Um, also adopted. Um, I was also I'm, I'm half black and half white. Mm. Adopted into an all white family. Mm. I have five redheaded cousins. <laughs> um, very religious family at that. Uh, especially my father's side, all Catholic. Um, so just number one, just being brown in that family environment, right? <clears throat> where everyone else is, you know, from Vermont, more small town, not a lot of brown people. Always felt like the black sheep, no pun intended. Anyways, literally, literally, figuratively, yeah, maybe. the black sheep. <laughs> um, so I just thought, I just thought of things differently, <clears throat> you know, as a kid, I think. I think I noticed there was a difference when I was like eight or nine. Mm-hmm. Could really depict it and be like, okay, you know, some things are, some things are different around Something's here. Something's not adding up. Something's not making sense. Yeah. Um, oh. Once I became like seventeen, eighteen, <clears throat> I also veered away from religion and mm-hmm. being in a religious family when you don't believe in the religion that the whole family does. If you think your Thanksgiving arguments are deep. Oh, we don't, we don't. Come, come on over. The whole purpose of this yeah. podcast is like, don't talk about this come shit. Come on, come on over. <laughs> um, so yeah, always, but at the same time, I think I like that. Mm-hmm. I like having the uh, the solitude, more or less. Right. Uh, once, once I veered off, you know, religion and just started taking a different perspective, um, as much as it created me the black sheep, I think everyone else in my family also realized that I was doing my own thing. And that helped me learn more about myself and gain way more confidence in myself. I started relying on myself more because I feel like other people just understood that I was on me. Right. You know what I mean? Um, you did say, like, you were adopted into an all-white family. At any point when you realized, like, you were the black sheep, did you ever feel like, damn, how do I even phrase this? Did you ever feel like you were disrespecting your parents for what, like being different and wanting to um, be more independent and just, I mm. guess, create your own path? Not at all. Um, I've, my parents who raised me are like the best people I know. Mm-hmm. They're awesome. You know what I mean? They, they raised me to the best of their ability. Mm-hmm. And they did a great job at that. Um, when I started to go on my own route, I think my, my parents were more just scared at first. I think they think I started way too young doing that um, and just wanted to be my own person. Um, so in wanting to be my own person mm-hmm. and just not connecting with maybe my family as much as you would think you would with your family. Um, a part of me going and being more on my own was also me putting a lot of faith in my friends. Ooh. And my, my friends are like my family and always have been. And even since a young age, I've always wanted to have my friends around. I'm sure that has a lot to do with me being an only child mm-hmm. and not having a brother or sister around all the time. Right. But my friends are my family. Um, and that would be nothing without them. And they all understood, I think, at that time when I was, like, really trying to do my thing. They just understood that that's what it was. And they all respected that and understood that. So I knew if they could respect that and understand that, that my parents would also eventually, too. Right. Um, and I think, you know, when I did move out of the house, I mean, when I was 18 or 19, 
Um, that's not including the fact that you went to college, or you like that as what induces I'm out. I went to college one year, lived on campus, hated the campus life. Next year, I got a job in the summer and lived off campus my sophomore year. Got it, got it, got it. Um, <clears throat> I think, like I said, my parents were like a little scared in the beginning, mm-hmm. but once they kind of figured out that I, you know, was slowly learning and getting my hands on it, um, they were okay with it and they let it ride. And I think me moving out was the best thing for both me and my parents. They be right. I hear you. I just want to dial it back to when you started learning more about um, black culture and when you you know started to get into hip hop and things like that. Did your like how what was your parents' reaction to like that? It's a great question. <laughs> um, I got two two great examples. Um, I went shopping with my mom when I was like nine. I think I was nine. And I bought the Chingy album, Jackpot album. Um, and the song Right There was on that album. Uh-huh. And Holiday Inn. And I got home and I put that, put that shit on the CD player in the house. And I remember the face that my mom came in the living room and looked at me and was just like... She had no idea what you just purchased? No clue. Okay. No clue. She didn't know anything about Chingy. Right. You know what I mean? And she listened to these songs and she just looked at me and was just like... Oh boy! Like, <laughs> what the fuck is my kid listening Yo. to? Um, but she let it happen, and she was cool with that. I love my mom for it. She, after that, I realized once I could, if I could buy that album, listen to that album, I could listen to any album because that album is dirty. I've dirty. never, I've never like, listened to it. You should. I'm good. Um, I'll take it <laughs> um, I remember my dad. When I was in eighth grade, I was gonna get cornrows for the first time. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, he was. Uh, he was less than excited. So, my, <laughs> less than excited. Yeah, okay. my, like I said, my my parents grew up small town Vermont. You know what I mean? My dad's like old old school Vermonter. So I remember him saying to me, "He goes, Sam, I'm gonna let you get these cornrows, but don't turn into a thug." Damn. And I was at the time I didn't think anything of it. I was like, yeah, yeah. I was like, yeah, yeah, Dad, I ain't gonna be no thug. You know what I mean? Like, gang banging. I'm not gonna be a thug. You know what I mean? But like looking back on it as I'm older, you know what I mean? It's just like, damn. You know? You really didn't know any better. You know, he had no idea. Yeah. No idea. So I think those are the two moments that stuck out the most. And then when I when I got dreads, my parents were just like. We lost him. Yeah, that's it. That's it. That's it. It's done. This ain't our kid anymore. Yeah, We're done. It's done. Well, what age did you get dreads? Uh, I got dreads when I was 17. Okay. So, like, you were old enough to make that decision. Right. But, right. So, but, wait, what'd you rock before that? I had an afro. I cake you, me hand an afro. I had an afro. <laughs> um, yeah, like those, those are, like, the, really the only two key moments, I think, where my parents were just like, this is, this is different. You know what I mean? I don't think, I don't think my my dad didn't really think much of it. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? My dad raised me as the kid that I am. Mm. Um, but things definitely, things definitely change as I educated myself more right. on Black history. I would get arguments with my dad all the time about oh, shit. all sorts of shit. I was very very against religion for a while. Dad's very religious, uh-huh. so the black sheep is grown. Black sheep is going into a, a larger black, black sheep. sheep. Yeah, into a, into a larger <laughs> black sheep at this point. Well, I mean, in terms of like, again, you know, you have an adopted son, half white, half black. 
adopted into an all-white family like at, like at any point was there and then you're saying like now you were getting into it with your dad because you were now learning all these things like how what I guess I don't like I'm trying to figure out how to like pose this question but at any point did your parents ever think like we're gonna have to explain black culture did they they were just like oh we're just gonna adopt this kid we're gonna raise him like this and that's it like they didn't think that you were no. gonna have questions at any point I'm sure they thought I'd have questions but my parents didn't know yeah my parents didn't know so okay. they I want you to imagine they don't they don't know anything about black culture mm-hmm. at all so there wasn't there wasn't any aspect of like we should teach him about black culture they didn't know anything about it they kind of just let that acquire on its own right you know what I mean? So like, like I said, the, the first time, the first time I went to like a black hairdresser for the first time, whole new world opened up. Whole new world. Yeah, basically. <laughs> um, you know, I once went to college and went to went to school with more black people, more Hispanic people. Mm-hmm. Um, just learning. You know, it seems like so innocent, but like, there's just a lot of stuff you don't you don't learn and you just don't know about, like even little things. So it was. Uh, it was different, but I'm, I'm super happy for it at right. the same time. So, now my next question to you is going to be, would you, what advice would you give someone who is looking to adopt a black child? Do your research. Do, um, do the due diligence of that child. Um, I know there is a, um, I'm not sure the word for it, but, uh, a movement beginning in some countries where some countries will not allow their children to be adopted <clears throat> outside of that country. Right. So that kind of ties into my point that I was talking about before about the Malcolm X and the um, year of return in Ghana. A lot of countries in Africa want those kids to stay in that country and become mm-hmm. the doctors, you know, the lawyers, right, and right, right. better that country. For just for an example. What I would tell people, if they're especially they're gonna adopt, you know, even within America, and you're gonna adopt outside your race, mm-hmm. I would just do your diligence. You know what I mean? If if you're about to do- adopt a, a black child, then you know make sure that, that that child gets black culture in their life. You know, show them where they come from, so that someone else isn't trying to tell them. Mm. You know, you want you want them to know where they come from. You want them to know their history. Not just the history they get taught in school, because right. I think at this point we all know that that's ass yeah, backwards. Right. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? The, the first, the first thing you learn as a, as a seven-year-old, you know, black kid, especially me, only black kid in the class, it's crazy to see the change, from when you start learning about slavery. Right. Because the minute, the minute that kid sees that, and all the white kids in the class, are like, damn, sixty years ago, me and Sam, we weren't the same. We weren't the same at all. <laughs> There's some shit different going on Yo, around here. how did here. that conversation go on the playground? You having motherfuckers fucking with you? Like, you fights all the time as a young kid. Oh, shit. All the time. There it is. Yeah, all the time. Is, but that's like, it's ignorance, you know what I mean? And we, we, just, we teach, we don't teach it in the right, in the right order. You know, all these, a lot of black kids, especially even now, grow up thinking that the, the first part of their history is slavery. Oh. And it's far before that. Right. And it's just, it's, it's, you can't blame ignorance of other people but we need to be doing the due diligence to our children and our youth to give them the history that is proper for sure so to answer your question about people adopting kids 
do your diligence. Yeah, do, do, do your the homework. research. Yeah. Do the homework. Don't just say you're going to adopt a kid and be like, all right, well, this is what it is, and then... Do your research. When they come home confused, you're not going to be able to have that conversation with them? Like, right. Exactly. I almost feel like that should be a requirement at the adoption agency. Like, here you go. I mean, I, I don't know if it is. It could be, very much be, but I'm not looking to adopt because I'm broke, so there's no point. <laughs> um... <laughs> um but yeah, I know. I just um, that's very interesting. I always found that um, very interesting because it's like that. I feel very much ties into being the black sheep because you are like the epitome of being the different one in the family. Right. I mean, that's not my experience, but I think mine is mine is definitely completely different from yours. But in terms of like me being a black sheep, it was just like my mindset that was different and always has been different. Um, like my mom and I get when we get into arguments now it's like literally like I didn't want to go to college I didn't want to do school I did school because you told me that's what I had to do but it wasn't something that I wanted to do it's I'm like I had still something I'm very angry about me doing like definitely a first world problem because I mean if you look at the statistics one I am a Latina with a bachelor's degree and even that in itself is like a minority group but again like I, I could at a young age I just couldn't help but feel like I am meant to do something more on this earth and I don't know what it is and like I've said in many episodes before I'm still trying to figure it out but I think that's what set me aside a lot of the times from um, my family just because again I say this all the time I don't even fucking preach family over everything I really 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 don't um, I love my family but there are some motherfuckers who I would legit give my life for before this is fucked up but my own family because there's there's that sense of like you created family out of friends that mm-hmm. I did I did the same thing because mm-hmm. I, I never felt heard in anything any conversations or anything like that like it was always like I got I got told a lot to just shut up like just shut up just shut up shut up shut up and I think to the point where it played on my psyche and how and why I became so quiet for years like you like I say this all the time I was wicked quiet in college very quiet in high school um, in certain aspects but if I was like with a group of people if I was with my friends my friends make me feel like I'm on top of the fucking world like that is point blank and period when I'm with my friends you cannot tell me shit I'm invincible and I really <laughs> wish that that was how my family made me feel you know growing up but it was always like you know fall in line fall in line fall in line fall in line and I would ask why and it's like oh my ass just got whooped but, but no explanation as to why me not following in line was a problem, you know? Um, kind of like a, I don't even know, like a fun play on words I can put to that. I don't really have something funny, but I have nothing to say. <laughs> um, but I don't know. It's just, because like I think I feel like talking to you, I'm like, I'm bitching about being told to shut up. And you're over here, whole adopted, like had this whole lifestyle that you had to figure out because you didn't know it. And I'm over here whining because I wanted to pursue a career in music and I was told that I couldn't do that. No. I mean, <laughs> never, no. It never it never feels good. I mean especially okay, when when you're young, it's hard to really put your foot down on stuff that you want to do. Because mm-hmm. you still have some um, some rule of your parents. Right. So of course of course you're gonna have, you know, regrets of things you didn't do. You know, but that regret hopefully builds um, hopefully builds traction and gaining those things when you're on your own. Mm-hmm. So I, 
I tell people all the time to always go for their dreams, all the time, and you should. You need to, I think gaining traction in your dreams will take out past regrets. You hear this, me, Hente? This man is out here preaching. <laughs> <laughs> serious, because then if, you, if, you, um, if you're going for your dreams, what are you, you going to regret? Everything you, do, if you, everything you do is for your dream, what are you going to regret? Nothing. You know what? Nothing. <laughs> I know, but I mean, in terms of, um, you know, the topic or whatever, being a black sheep, I just... It's, fun. it's always interesting to me when I talk about certain topics because I have my sister head in my line like, what the fuck are you talking about? And that, for me, speaks to the, pa- the fact that, like, I don't lean on my family when I feel like something is out of place or, or wrong. I lean on my friends. Um, and I think that I get a lot of backlash for it because, like, my mom makes comments all the time, like, you and your little friends. Anytime you put little in front of something, it's degrading. Like, you're being an asshole. Like... Your little friends, your little ass job, <laughs> you're gonna make your little money. Like this little suit, it's 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 yeah. not good when you put the word little in front of it. You, I agree. It's like I agree. it's fucked up. You know, so it's just fucked up. <laughs> so it's just one of those things that like again, like I never really put much thought to me being the black sheep, but when I when this topic was brought up, I was like, Oh shit, yeah, for sure. I would definitely um categorize myself as the black sheep in a sense that I just wanted more like I was not okay with the ordinary and the average and what was expected of me I wanted to see what I can get away with and like push the boundaries and things like that and you know sometimes you think about the black sheep being the black sheep as the one breaking the rules fucking around being a dickhead stuff like that at least for me that's the perception that I have of um when I think about the black sheep but then when I really sat down to like think about what that means to me it's you have like you, it can be you talked about going a different way with religion same was forced upon me at a very young age and I was like no I'm gonna find my own way I'm not gonna say I don't believe but I'm not gonna I don't need to step foot into a building in order to feel like I'm fulfilled in what I'm supposed to be doing I was just gonna ask you being the black sheep in your family what positive things have you taken from that that are displayed now in your like day to day personality Damn, that was a good question. Hit you with a shock real quick. Yeah. I had to take a second. <laughs> like, what? Um, something positive that I can take from it, I would definitely... The way that I carry myself. Um, and I've been complimented on this many, many a times. Um, which is still always a shocker to me. Um, people have told me, yo, when you walk into a room, people can't help but stare because you walk, just walked in there like you're supposed to be there. Um, and that's because I'm always questioning what's going on. Like, I'm like, all right, what it is. Like, like my place of employment probably gets really mad because whenever they tell me to do something, I'm like, why? What purpose does that serve? I'm always asking why because you're not... I'm, I, don't, I don't like the blind lead and the blind bullshit. I think I'm very... It's definitely helped in my leadership style um, because I pull from past and present... Um, I guess supervisors that I've had and how they fell in line with what the structure should be of what a manager should be like a supervisor. So I'm like, things I didn't really like, I'm going to not do, but I'm going to pull things that I did like, but then I'm also going to put a twist on it. So I think in my career, being the black sheep has definitely given me the opportunity to seek perspective 
Like I'm able to listen more Love because that. it was Love something that. that I wasn't given. So I am more like aware of it. If that makes any sense at all. Do you think that being told to be quiet all the time and you know maybe not having your opinion valued enough is the reason why you're doing this podcast? Yo, me hate that we're gonna wrap it up early today because Sam's alright out here. <laughs> Um, digging, <laughs> and I didn't need a therapy session, so here we are. I'm sorry, can you say the question again? <laughs> yeah. So, with you, do being, I think it's the reason why I'm doing the podcast? Do you think that has something to play with it? So a thousand percent. Okay. A thousand percent. The person that a lot of you guys see on social media was not the person that I was years ago. I always had those thoughts. Those thoughts were always there. I just didn't know how to articulate it. And then one day, a switch went off. And I called it the switch. I called it. <laughs> I gave it a name last week. <laughs> I called it the fuck it. That switch went off. And I was like, yo. At some point, I think when you are the black sheep, you have to realize and be okay with you are not for everybody. Not everybody is going to get behind you. Not everybody's going to understand where you're coming from. And that is okay. Not everybody has to... Um, get you but the ones that will are the ones that are going to stick around you know what i'm saying so it's like i'm not again i'm not for everybody no. some people are like yo nina's mad fucking annoying like she's always going off about something and other people are like yo nina that shit makes my fucking day guess what haters i'm doing it for the motherfuckers who need to get through their day so it's it's that simple for me like at this point i went quiet for a while i went very quiet at the end of 2019 what have you for whatever reason and people noticed. The people that looked forward to the things that I had to say were like, bitch, so you just gonna leave and you ain't gonna say nothing? Okay. I have people that are like, yo, when I get into work, I literally walk to the back and I say, yo, Nina's got a new video. Someone's got her fucked up today. And everyone in that person's office goes to her office to listen to what the fuck I have to say. Do y'all understand <laughs> how hype that shit made me to hear that? Like, motherfuckers dead ass start off they day listening to the dumb shit that I say. Bars. And it's just like, that would have never happened. That I would not be this person right now talking to y'all right fucking now if that was not the life that I had led growing up. So being the black sheep is a beautiful motherfucking thing. If at any point you feel like you're Thank different, you. there's a reason for it. I totally agree. As much as... I didn't mean to talk about it in a negative sense earlier, mm -hmm. but all those, all those things that occurred throughout that time of being the black sheep have molded the man that I am today. Right. And I'm extremely grateful for it. I took an opposite route of you, whereas being the black sheep and thinking that I'm not for everyone... I took that and said, if I'm going to be the black sheep, I'm going to build an army of black sheep. So I used, to try to, I used to try to get everyone, you try to bring people together all the time. Even from a young kid, um, when I was like 15, 16 years old. This is true. Sam's always like, so when are you going to come hang out with us? I'm like, I don't want to hang out with you and your friends. Stop. <laughs> I'm, always, I'm always trying to get people together all the time. Um, when I was, yeah, I was like 15, uh, I had a garage in my house. There was two, uh, two carports in the bottom and above was just empty. So my parents let me just take that over. So I'd be having people over all the time. Can't believe. All people be on my house every day after school. People, 
Always over. Suma would be like, I don't want nobody in my house. Right. <laughs> like, <it's> like, <laughs> that's but, why when I have my own place, I'm like, everybody come, everybody come, because why I can have that happen. Yeah, and I just, I, I think I like that being the black sheep, being like, all right, if people aren't going to accept me, then I'm just going to, I'm, I'm almost going to shove it down your throat. Do you know what I mean? I'm just have people, I'm going to be around people all the time. In college, lived in a, a college house where people were over nonstop. Nonstop. I would hold. Uh, I used to used to hold Thanksgiving at my house. It was like a, like a friendsgiving more or less. So Thank I had you. everyone Thank at you. my house. We'd have Thanksgiving. Um, I mean, I bring people to Africa. I'm trying to get people in groups to come to Africa and volunteer. I'm all about bringing people together because being the black. She- I mean, being the black sheep is great, but eventually, I wanted I wanted to share my black sheep uh, black sheep mottos and ideas mm-hmm. and get those out. As I think you do too. That's why you're doing a podcast. I just love talking shit. We, we know that. <laughs> Yo, the shade, but like direct shade. I'm a fan of direct shade. I don't know. I just like to dial it back to um, the difference between like me and my siblings. I I can't think about. Okay, need no words. Okay, I had someone say to me so. Me going to Africa, dope. Didn't think that would ever happen. As a kid, always wanted to go. Was like, that's a place I want to go. As an adult, I was like, mm, I, there's no reason for me to go. Opportunity presents itself. God works in mysterious ways, mi gente. Um, opportunity pre- presents itself. I reach out to a couple people to let them know, like, I have this opportunity. You want to help me out? Help fund this. Because I don't have the money for it right now, current in my situation. So, like, help me out. And recently, I've been receiving a lot a lot a lot a lot of um very humbling compliments and one that will forever stick with me um i had a friend who donated uh to helping me uh be able to pay to go to africa um and she said you she gave me the money and i was fucking perplexed by how much she fucking gave me because all my friends were like I can only give you like 10 or 15. I would do it, which is fine. I was like, yo, anything fucking helps. Like, I don't fucking care. Again, you don't have to give me a cent, but the fact that you're giving me anything, I fucks with you heavy. But there's one particular friend um, who I just recently met through another friend. Um, the amount that she gave me, like, I almost cried. One. And two, it was what she said after. She texted me and said, hey, I sent you this much. Your heart is going to take you many places in life. And I thought about that for a second and I thought about all the times that I was told to shut up and be quiet and fall in line but it was only because I was questioning things because I wanted to do better and now that I have the opportunity to do better someone noticed it and noticed not only me as a person but my heart and my intent behind it so sometimes I might say things that you're like yo you're going mad hard but there's there's no ill intent like And then I think about my siblings and none of my, I didn't learn the way that I am. I didn't learn this from anyone. I just knew, it was a dope quote that was like, I'm going to misquote it. I always misquote, but it's like, I didn't have role models growing up. I just had ideas of what I didn't want to be when I grew up. So I know what I don't want based off of what I saw because I didn't want to be like that. What are are those things that you didn't want to be? I think I learned a lot of like selfish selfishness and I'm a very selfless person like you know so it's mm-hmm. like I can go into depth that's like I could be a whole other fucking episode based off of like things that you learn that you don't want to do I'm gonna present the topic to Ruben we'll see how he feels about it when he gets back um but I just there was just things that 
I, oh, that's crazy. I even said this to my sister last night. So I had a friend of mine that was down and out, whatever, needed a place to stay, needed a place to crash. And I called my sister and I was like, yo, can this person just crash on the couch? I'm going to sleep in the guest room. No big deal. And she, at one point, was like, why do you always do this? Like, why are you always the person that feels the need to have to save someone? And I was like, oh, shit. And I got mad because I was like, fuck. I am the person that is always like, oh, I got you. Oh, I got you. And I think it's because so many times growing up, always wanting to go against the grain, I never felt like someone had me. So I would, I, if I can be that person, I will be that for someone. And I think that that's what has pushed me in the direction that I go in to like want to help. So back in September, if you donated, you saw I, my a friend and I, we started a um, fundraiser to help get classroom supplies for teachers. Like where the fuck did that even come from? I, I don't know anyone like in my life that I grew up watching do anything like that. But I saw that there was a need Another person saw the same thing, got together, made fucking magic happen with up. And now it's like, oh, Nina, you're going to Africa because you're going to go do really good things. Why? Like, I have people that are like, Africa? What? And I'm like, why not? And before, I, when I first said it, I was like, Africa? What? And now I'm sitting here like, why not? So. That's what we call a job well done, ladies and gentlemen. That's a job well done. Oh, this motherfucker's out here. Are you, are you really patting yourself on the back? Just a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> I can't stand this mammy hint there. But anyways, um, yeah, it's just, I think being the black sheep is definitely, it has, it not definitely, it has molded me into the person that I am and I think different because of it. And I'm very intentional about the relationships that I build and making sure that if I let you into my circle, I'm gonna hold you close. Like, don't touch me though. Just figuratively speaking, you're near and dear to my heart. Like point blank period. <laughs> Um, so I guess, I don't know, because, like, your friends make you feel seen. Like I said, when I'm with my friends, I'm invincible. Yeah, like, we, my best friend thinks I'm the best fucking thing since bottled water. Your friends want you to be you, and they want you to accept them for them. So then, you know, there's a, there's a, a judgment-free sense to that. Mm-hmm. Where they all, everyone wants each other just to be themselves and just grow. So sometimes your friends are your, you know, your closest allies. Your family sometimes wants you to be something. <clears throat> your friends just want you to be you and be friends with them. Right. But so. it's definitely one of those things that's like an ongoing conversation. I am constantly learning about myself. Um, but again, being the black sheep was never something that I like really thought about until this topic was presented. I don't think I knew I was a black sheep until I was like 17. Maybe, maybe a little bit younger than that, but... No, I didn't. I had a concept of like, I knew I thought different, but I never I, gave it a name. I realized I was different. I think I, I, think I gave it a name. Maybe like 15. I was like, okay. This is a this, this, Now that I understand all Eight, this. Eight, he was like, all right, we're going to start gaining traction. Yeah. 15, he's like, bet, we got a title. Right. 17, I'm out this bitch. Yeah. <laughs> we're different. <laughs> the doors wide open. And I was like, I'm out, motherfuckers. I don't know. But all that to say, being the black sheep is never, never a bad thing. Accept it. Dominate it. Yo. Win with it. Make it a positive make it a part of who you are who you are yeah who you are make it a part of who you are um it's that simple like if you can't accept you how you gonna accept, expect other motherfuckers to accept you great point you see what i'm saying like 100 you gotta be yourself simple. you gotta be yourself self-love me they practice that shit i preach that shit enough but 
I also practice it. Aha, see what I did there? I don't. Um, bueno, mi gente. With all of that being said, my amazing co-host. Special guest. See how that changed? Special guest. I was guest. like, he ain't shit at the beginning. And then I was like, oh shit, he's actually a little bit a human. I'm going to acknowledge him just a little bit. We appreciate you having us. We appreciate <laughs> you. We really appreciate you. Word. I really appreciate him stepping in and helping me out because Lord only knows how the fuck this was going to go had it just been me, myself. And I, matter of fact, I'll, I'll come help right anytime. There. I really like. I'll come help out anytime. <laughs> Yo, anytime. Sam, he's using me for my equipment at this point. Um, Rude. All right, we head there. We're going to head on over to our next section. Arreposar. Welcome back, mi gente. We are at the closing remarks, otherwise known as reposar. Reposar. Don't do it, Sam. Don't. Not um, good at clearly, Spanish. he doesn't have the accent, and my man's can't rule his oars. You know what I'm saying? So we're just not gonna let him do that. Trash in Spanish. <laughs> so bad. Oh my goodness. So this is a part of the show where we are going to be leaving you with our affirmations. Um, we're going to have your plug your project because y'all didn't think I was going to have Sam hey, here and hey, not plug his project. Hey. Stop that. Um, and just any affirmations, shout outs, what have you during the week. I'm going to start and uh, shout outs. The shout outs that I actually have this week are... For sure, Ruben, I have a newfound appreciation for this motherfucker because learning this system... She lost without you. Literal garbage. Lost. You know what, Sam? This was an A and B conversation <laughs> between me and my peoples. Hey! I'm gonna need for you to see your way out. Say your thanks. Say your thanks. <laughs> um, but yeah, so Ruben, I need you back. I love you dearly and I appreciate you more than you ever know I fucking love you I need you back in my life because them little four days without you was ratchet and ghetto as fuck <laughs> stupid y'all should have seen me trying to figure this shit out I call Ruben like what the fuck this makes no sense um yeah I figured it out which is better for me in the long run um however I had a whole attitude the entire time Sam can definitely attest to it because I had an attitude the entire time 100%. I was setting up 100%. you know what go you ahead said I knew. Some I know. what's up what we got all right, so I know you guys came on last time. So first and foremost, Nina, I want to thank you for having us on again. <laughs> Truly my pleasure. Who is us? This motherfucker came with a posse. I'm seeing one motherfucker sitting in front of me. We are all thankful that you had us on the show. <laughs> um, I want to give a shout out to my roommate, Tyler. Keep your head up. Um, I want to give a shout out to all my son of a smile program followers slash fans um, that support me all the time and keep my dream going. Big shout outs to you guys. And Word. yeah, thanks to all the good people in the world. Keep being good people. Word. With that being said, I'm going to need for you to go into plugging your project. Have a smile. Blam! <laughs> um, so as some of you guys know, uh, you guys heard me come on before, I run the Sound of a Smile program. Um, the program is designed to bring groups of people to South Africa and Tanzania and do some volunteer work, refurbishing schools, public facilities, um, get you ingrained in the culture. Um, I also bring you on some travel events and team bonding events during that time throughout the country. Um, 
We're getting ready to go here in about two weeks. Nina will be coming on a trip. We're real excited about it. Um, we got two weeks in South Africa. We're gonna work on some schools. We did the sound of a uh, sound of a sandal drive this year, where we had some leftover money from last year's trip, and we bought about 400 pairs of sandals to bring down to the kids. We had highlighted that a lot of kids didn't have proper footwear, so trying to be as big a help as we can. Um, if you guys want to check us out, you can check us out at www.soundofasmile.com. Um, on Instagram, it's sound underscore of a underscore smile. Um, on Facebook, the Sound of a Smile program. And yeah, contact us. Give us a call. Give us an email. We'd love to talk to you. So He really would. Yeah. Like, there's no bullshit in any of what he just said. I'll talk to you every day. You text me, I'll text you right back. It's the answers you need. Get you on a trip. Change your life. That's why I'm here. <laughs> oh, it's crazy to think that, like, it's upon us. Nina's going to be in Africa in, like, 16 days, and yeah. she has no idea what to do with herself. Not at all. I legitimately have not a single clue. Um, <laughs> anyways, whatever. Um, so we're going to move into our affirmations and leave you guys with some little nuggets of information because... It wouldn't be the end of the show if we didn't leave you with affirmations and leave you going into the week feeling good and great or finishing out the week feeling good and great. So Sam, I'm going to throw it over to you. What are your affirmations for this week? My words of advice for everyone is it's better to know your roots than to hang your dreams on weak branches. Know where you come from and if you know where you come from, that'll be a direct correlation to where you're headed. You know what? All right. Blam. You know what, Sam? Blam. You don't get to just come on and say some inspirational ass shit like that and then throw it over to me. That's what my stupid ass gets for not just leading and I could have finished with that bullshit. I'm pissed. Anyways, I'm going to leave you guys. That was very with... positive, Nina. I know, I know. I'm like a hater right now, but <laughs> whatever. Um, at least I know it. Um... I'm going to leave you guys with knowing that it's okay to step outside the box and ask questions because how will you ever really actually know something if you're not willing to find the answers? I like that. So, I like that. All right. Yeah, right? Okay. All right. Came in here two real quick. <laughs> real quick. Lead off single, back-to-back -back singles. Hey, okay. let's get it. With that being said, I want to thank you guys for listening. I'm Sammy Foles. Pleasure to be your co-host. Thank you once again, Nina. <laughs> really appreciate Zeb coming on. And again, we are closing out. I'm Nina Montañez. Stay blessed, mi gente. Thank you for tuning into this episode of Sofrito Speaks. Make sure you follow us on Instagram at Sofrito Speaks to keep up with all of our latest content.